Hi, I'm David Porter, author of Five Minutes to Live. Just a few things to note about the podcast. First, if you want to purchase Five Minutes to Live, the link is in the description of the podcast, but can be purchased online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and even at Walmart and Target online. I've also listed my Facebook and Twitter links. I'd love to hear from you, especially if you're enjoying the book. In this series, we're going to read through Five Minutes to Live, chapter by chapter, releasing a new chapter each week. If you didn't start with Episode 1, the prologue, please go back and start there. Please subscribe and hit the alert notification, whatever that looks like on your preferred podcast platform. That way you'll know when the new episodes are released. And if you're enjoying this journey, please, please, please share this podcast with your friends and family. Five Minutes to Live has a lot of footnotes for the research done and the Bible verses quoted. I'll post those footnotes in the description of each episode. Finally, I've got a new book on the way titled 60 Seconds of Silence that I am really excited about. Once that book is available, I'll go back and post that link in each episode's description as well. With that, thank you for being here. Let's get started. Chapter 4 Buzz, buzz, buzz. Sunlight was turning the inside of my eyelids a peculiar color of red. I gently, cautiously opened my eyes and realized I was looking down at a cloud, sunlight shining and being reflected directly into my face. The jet engines droned on in an unchanging hum. The airplane window was small, but the shade was open, and I was beginning to wake up. Still super drowsy, I rolled back into a more conventional sitting position. The activity of the crew from the night before was non-existent now. Across the aisle and facing me, Aaron was sitting at a table reading something on a laptop. He must have sensed me stirring and looked up at me. A smile, two perfect rows of white teeth crossed his face. Did you know you talk in your sleep? Aaron asked. Actually, it's more like a mumble. You mumble in your sleep. Oh, only when I'm drugged, I shot back at him. I wasn't in the best of moods, but I was also surprised by how my voice sounded. My throat is so dry, and my voice is almost gone. Is it the processed oxygen in the airplane? Am I that dehydrated? At this... Aaron laughed like I was the funniest comedian he had ever heard. In between hearty laughs, he was able to say, Your adrenaline must have been pumping last night. Later on, when you tell your kids the story, you'll want to leave this part out, okay? The laughing continued. You don't remember it, but you screamed a high-pitched scream. You sounded like a teenage girl at a Harry Styles concert, pretty much non-stop, from the minute you got in the chase car with me until the minute I slapped you at the airfield. I'm sorry about that, by the way, I truly am. Then he was off into hysterical laughter again. The only time you weren't screaming like a schoolgirl was when you were praying. That was the only relief I got from it. I guess that explains the look he gave me as I was quoting the 91st Psalm. I was going to try and defend my actions, but because of the condition of my voice, when I went to protest, the sound that came out of my mouth was little more than a honk. 
Aaron looked at me directly in the eyes and saw the confused look on my face. At that point, we both started laughing. It was the perfect tension breaker, and I began to feel better about my situation, Aaron, and even the likelihood we could rescue Jessica. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, indeed. I noticed Aaron seemed much more like a person than the rugged secret agent from the night before. He was just a normal dude. He had changed clothes and now was wearing a navy-colored shirt and dark jeans. When I get scared, <clears throat> I always seem to end up quoting the Bible, either to myself or shouting it at somebody. Sorry, man, I said. Buzz, buzz, buzz. After a few moments of thought, I asked, So what's really going on? Why did those guys kidnap Jessica? I'm not a scientist, and our information is still extremely limited. Dr. Adams hasn't published the details yet, so last night was going to be the big unveiling of her life's work. Here's what I know. She discovered something, and it led to an invention of sorts. Basically, your friend, Dr. Adams, Jessica, has discovered a way to locate subtle vertical cracks in the Earth's surface and mantle. And by using those cracks somehow, she invented an inexpensive way to harness the Earth's geothermal energy, tapping into the Earth's core. Our scientists have been working on this for years with little success. Your friend solved the problem. The implications are enormous. It's a completely self-sustaining power source that will never be exhausted. It is completely clean energy. Think about it. Electricity for everyone on the planet. Heat in the winter for everyone. A cheap way to power irrigation in the desert, which means vegetation. The implications are enormous. It's a completely self-sustaining power source that will never be exhausted. It is completely clean energy. Think about it. Electricity for everyone on the planet. Heat in the winter for everybody. A cheap way to power irrigation in the desert, which means vegetation anywhere. Crops and food for the entire planet. No more hunger. No more starvation. And people will have to build her machines. Others will have to plant the crops and harvest them. The job creation will run into the thousands or hundreds of thousands. It will revolutionize the global economy. It really could solve most of the world's poverty problems all at once. The implications are on a massive scale, and we've only begun to break the surface of what might possibly be accomplished. I sat there in stunned silence, mouth open. Aaron gave me a few moments to let the news register and sink in before adding, and this is just the beginning. Those are just the initial implications of her work. It could have far-reaching effects. You know, once a new technology arrives, it becomes the foundation, and so many different things grow from it. This really will change everything as we know it. I'm surprised she hadn't told you any of this. He began clicking on the keyboard of his computer. Buzz, buzz, buzz. That stung a little bit. But I knew Jessica had signed several non-disclosure agreements over the years. I had stopped even asking her about her work because every time I did, it was the same story. I want to tell you, Matt, she would say, but because of my contracts, the different governments I've worked with, I can't tell you anything. One day I will. One day we'll share it together. I promise. 
I guess last night was going to be our sharing it together moment. Defensively, I popped off at Aaron. I listened to, well, I sort of listened to Jessica as she was practicing her speech last night, and we even talked about it. She didn't say anything about geothermal energy. In fact, the stuff she talked about was super boring transition zone stuff. I realized it came out a little too harsh. Softening my tone, I added, she said this was going to be a big night. Not that it was going to change the energy industry, but that it was going to revolutionize the theory of evolution, thoughts about the dinosaurs and their extinction, and that it had implications about the Big Bang. It's almost like you've got the wrong Dr. Adams, or, or maybe the kidnappers do. I don't know the answer to that, Matt. I don't know why she would say that, or why the part of her speech you heard didn't say anything about a new revolutionary invention. All I know is that this technology is on the cutting edge. Several players are willing to do anything to have control of it. And your friend holds the key. He went back to typing. That's an interesting way to put it. Holds the key. Bzz, bzz, bzz. I think you've got a voicemail or a text or something, Aaron said, looking in my direction. You keep buzzing. Haven't you noticed it? Oh, actually, I hadn't. What are you working on over there? I asked as I fumbled in my pocket for my phone. I'm getting a head start on all the paperwork that will be involved with last night's incident. I have to make note of everything that happened because my country will be responsible for paying the damages, any injuries and the stolen car, all of that stuff. I'm trying to get it on paper and submit it before I forget any of the details and so that I don't have to do it later. About that time, the flight attendant stepped out of the back from a door behind me, walked toward Aaron, and spoke something in another language to him. Was that Hebrew? How in the world do you learn to speak that language? A short conversation took place between the two of them, and the flight attendant ducked out of sight again. By the way, what time is it, and how much longer until we land? I asked him as he was diving back into his work. He looked at his watch and said, we'll be landing in less than an hour, and got back to it. I finally fished my phone from my front pocket. It would have been easier to get to it if I had unbuckled my seatbelt, but after the events of the last few hours, I was clean to any amount of safety that I could find. I hit the numbers, 5377, to unlock my phone. I had a couple of missed calls, but no voicemails. My battery was almost dead. I guess that's what 10 hours of international roaming charges will do to the battery life of a phone. Aaron nonchalantly asked, who was it, as he typed away on his keyboard. I recognized the numbers, a co-worker and my mom, both calling, I'm sure, to see how the night went. One is interested in the presentation, the other in my love life or lack thereof. You decide which. Boy, are they in for a shock when I tell them what actually happened last night. Aaron shrugged. I continued. By the way, I know you've been really busy and might not have really thought about it, but aren't you upset that you might miss your son's birth? Aaron looked at me with a question written on his face, but didn't say anything. Last night, you took a call from your pregnant wife. Does she know that you're flying to Israel now? Oh, that. That wasn't my wife. I'm not married. 
That was the security team waiting for us at the fundraiser, checking to make sure I had secured the two of you and we were on our way. The wife and pregnancy bit was just a cover story. The flight attendant showed back up and made her way next to me. She was holding a server's tray and said, Here, these will help. Buzz, buzz, buzz. I gave her a sideways look as she handed me a few pills and a steaming cup of liquid. She smiled, sensing my hesitation. Vitamins and electrolytes to help with your energy. Hot tea with honey to help your voice. Here is a toothbrush and toothpaste, a hairbrush and some deodorant. If you would like to freshen up, please step into the back washroom. I have set out some clothes that I think will fit you. Blue jeans, tennis shoes, and a dark button-up shirt. Breakfast will be served in a few minutes. I downed the pills and had a few sips of the tea before standing and making my way toward the back of the airplane. I stepped into the washroom. It was a decent space for the size of the jet, much bigger than a commercial airline bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror. 30 years of looking at my reflection only made the disheartening information that I now knew that much worse. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Aaron is much better looking than me, and now I know he's single. I know where this story is going. I'm in the friend zone with Jessica, but Aaron is a dashingly handsome man. High cheekbones and good genes. A super spy as well. We will save Jessica, but Aaron will end up with the girl. I'd like to smack him in the face and see how he likes it. My shoulders slumped a little. I knew it was just jealousy and my being selfish. It was that simple and I recognized it. A Bible verse came to my mind. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. From the moment I met Jessica, I had always tried to be humble and think of her interests before mine. I needed to do that now. Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for thinking so poorly of Aaron and thinking about him in that way. Again, I sensed a quiet, negative nudge as I continued my prayer. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. I thank you that your eyes are open for me, and your ears are open to me in my prayers. Help me find my friend and turn your face against those who are doing this evil. God, you are our salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. You, Lord Jehovah, are my strength and my song. You are our salvation. I put my trust in you and you will save us both. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I slipped off the tuxedo pants and dropped them on the floor. There was a pair of blue jeans wrapped in plastic with a sticker on it. Measurements for waist and inseam length were printed on the sticker and I was more than just a little impressed. The flight attendant was pretty spot on. I opened the bag and slid the jeans on. They were the correct length, but the waist was a little big. Tucked inside the tennis shoes was a belt that was also wrapped in plastic. She had thought of everything. Buzz, buzz, buzz. 
The vibration came from the floor and was slightly amplified on the aluminum tiling. Wait, why am I still buzzing? I already checked my voicemails and text messages. I fished into the front right pocket of the tuxedo pants and pulled out the cell phone Jessica had given me. It was her phone that was buzzing. If it hadn't been for the fact that I was only halfway dressed, I probably would have said something to Aaron about having Jessica's phone. It had totally slipped my mind with everything that had happened. The lock screen showed 12 missed calls from several different numbers, a few texts, and one voicemail. The texts were from what I suppose were friends and colleagues asking about how the evening went. Numbers labeled as work, lab, and Nuria Melamed had all called but didn't leave any messages. One text asked where she was and why she hadn't shown up for that dinner. That person genuinely seemed concerned. The texts were all pretty mundane, nothing relevant to her current situation. There was one voicemail from a restricted number that had called four times. This was Jessica's phone and it already felt like an invasion of her privacy looking at the unread texts. It would feel even worse listening to her voicemail, but maybe it would contain a clue. Several months ago, the last time I had seen her before this trip, Jess and I did something that I am extremely grateful for now. We were standing on the pier in San Diego when I received a text message. I entered my four-digit PIN to unlock my phone, hiding it instinctively so Jessica couldn't see it. Jessica pulled out her phone, unlocked it, and made a big deal as she reset her PIN to 6288 right in front of me where I could see it. She said, I don't want there to ever be anything hidden between us, Matt. You want in my phone? You know the code. 6288? Where'd you come up with that? I asked, trying to deflect the conversation. 6 is an M, 2 is an A, 8 is a T, 8 is another T. My pen is your name, Matt. I was a little starstruck with her at the moment. I said, the text was from my mother, wanting to know how it was going with you. I was a little embarrassed that my mom was texting me. That's why I hid my phone. And I'm a little ashamed now. Here, I'm going to change my passcode too. And with that, I changed mine to 5377. That spells Jess, just in case you're wondering. Jessica flashed me the most beautiful smile I had ever seen. Took my hand and off we went. Don't be embarrassed about having a good relationship with your mom. I love that about you. I love that you have always honored your father and mother. That means you're going to live a long time. She was referencing a Bible verse in Ephesians that I had known since childhood. I remember both of us laughing about the sing-song way Jessica had said, long time. Now, standing in the confines of a jet washroom, I was struck with the decision. Listen to her voicemail or not. I decided she would forgive me if I listened and unlocked her phone. I mean, that's why she gave me the pen. Accessing her voicemail, I listened. Oh, Matt, the voice quietly whispered. I had trouble even hearing it over the quiet roar of the jet engines. I hope that you're okay and you've still got my phone. I hope you're listening to this. It was Jessica, and she sounded scared like she was hiding, rambling on. Uh, 
I've got your number stored in my phone and I don't actually remember it. Uh, if you get this, uh, if you're listening to this, please be careful. Placing heavy emphasis on the words. Don't trust anybody. And please hold on to my stuff. That is my favorite tube of lipstick. I would be lost without it. I'm a virtuous woman, Matt. I really am. Don't lose my lipstick, she said adamantly. Oh, here they come. And with that, she clicked off. The voicemail was over. I stood there for a few seconds, the phone still pressed to my ear, waiting, hoping there would be more to the message. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Her phone was still buzzing in my hand, pressed to my ear. But why? I had checked her texts and now her voicemails. It didn't make any sense. And then as I was looking at it, the phone died. While the phone was set to silent, the vibration must have been a low battery indicator. I finished getting changed, brushed my teeth and hair, gathered all my belongings from the tuxedo and stuffed them into my pockets. I had a decision to make. Jessica had instructed me not to trust anyone. Did that mean even Aaron, the guy leading the charge to rescue her? There it was again, gut feeling or nudge, that still small voice was back and I decided to keep this information to myself. End of chapter four. If you're still here, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed that reading. If you want to purchase Five Minutes to Live, the link is in the description below, and you can find my Facebook and Twitter links there as well. Drop me a line. Please subscribe and hit the bell so you know when the next chapter is released. And if you're enjoying this, please share it with your friends and family. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.